Can you dream of a world immune to cancer? Hello everyone, my name is Nick and I'm the host of the annual live stream for The Cure where content creators and podcasters from around the world join me to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute and Immunotherapy Research, which is training the body's immune system to fight against all forms of cancer. Over the past seven years, thanks to the power of indie podcasters and the indie podcasting community and listeners just like you listening to this right now, we have raised over $90,000. And as I record this now, the eighth annual live stream for The Cure is barreling down upon us really, really quickly in just about two weeks. So join us, please, from May 29th through June 1st for 48 hours of amazing content from people all over the world and help us fight for a world immune to cancer. I'll now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Thank you so, so much. And together... We can make a difference. The place, New York City. The time, now, 1962. And there's no time or place like it. If you've got a dream, this is the place to make that dream come true. That's why the soaring population of hopeful dreamers has just reached 8 million people. Oh, make that 8 million and however many people listen to this episode. In a world overflowing with movies, we need a hero. Someone to separate the bad from the good. I'm Em and welcome to the 51st episode of Verbal Diorama, Down With Love. I'm very happy to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, Down With Love uh, was actually originally scheduled all the way back um, in December last year. It was supposed to be the 24th episode, um, but that honour instead went to passengers. Um, And being honest, Down With Love has kind of been continually bumped down the schedule ever since. Um, But unlike Paul Daybreakers, which it seems will never get a break, uh, Down With Love finally cemented a coveted slot in the Verbal Diorama schedule at number 51. Um, There is no real reason why it kept getting bumped. Um, It was just that I thought other stuff might be a bit more interesting, I guess. Um, But anyway, it's finally here um, and I'm really, really happy to be talking about Down With Love. Again, thank you too for being here. Uh, Although, to be honest, I can't help but think that if you are listening, I am not the reason why you're here. Because when you have an episode uh, with such a wonderful, wonderful movie starring Rene Zellweger and Ewan McGregor, especially Ewan McGregor, uh, you kind of feel like they might be more of the reason why they're here. But regardless, hello. Uh, Thank you for being here. And a big thank you to everyone who listened to episode 50 on Toy Story. Um, That episode was incredibly personal to me. Um, And so if you did listen, thank you so much. Um, We're pleased to know that you won't have to wait very long for Toy Story 2. And that is, if anything, only so I can get my nephew back on, hopefully in a bit of a bigger role than he played in Toy Story, because I know he also loves Toy Story 2. If you love Toy Story or 
or Toy Story 2 for that matter, or anything that I've covered, uh, the podcast in general, uh, I would very much appreciate if you would go and take a moment to give me a five-star rating and maybe a review uh, over on something like Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Um, It is literally the best way to show me that you are listening and to basically show other people that this might be a podcast that might interest them. Um, It does give me a massive boost. um, And best of all, it is completely free. It literally takes two minutes of your time. And, um, well, I think it's worth it. Uh, You might think it's worth it because you might get the joy of supporting me out of it. Who knows? Right, without further ado, it is time to become a Down With Love Girl. Hello, baby. Hey, baby. I just uh, popped by for a little sex on a cart. Catch your block. Gets anything he wants. Do you look for me? Barbara Novak. Here's to Bannerhouse's new number one author. Has everything she needs. And it's all in my book. Down with love, not sex. My book instructs women that love is a distraction. That book is ruining my life. All our wives are giving us trouble. You have to solve this, catch. Squasher! All women want love and marriage. I'm going to write the expose of the century. And I am going to make Novak fall in love. Wow! You've never heard of my book, Down With Love? No, ma'am, I have not. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see... You have an eyelash. You can wish. ...on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, Crazy, isn't it? I can't stop thinking of you. I can't do this. You've got it bad. And that is not good. Please be true. I don't want love. It's against everything I stand for. I've got her exactly where I want her. Or maybe you just like spending time with her. This is terrible. We're behaving just like two people in love. <gasps> Uh-oh. Down with love. You. It's 1962 and feminist Barbara Novak pens a best-selling book that details the drawbacks of love. She encourages women to forego serious long-term relationships with men in favour of independence, workplace achievements and satisfying sex. Despite her success, many men are taken aback by her progressive views, including ladies' man, man's man, man about town and slick writer Catcher Block, who decides to expose Barbara as a fraud by making her fall in love with him. However, his plan has unexpected consequences. The cast of Down With Love, uh, as I've already mentioned, Renee Zellweger as Barbara Novak, Ewan McGregor as Catcher Block, Sarah Paulson as Vicky Hiller, David Hyde Pierce as Peter McManus, Rachel Dratch as Gladys, Jack Plotnick as Maurice, and Tony Randall as Theodore Banner. There are also small appearances by Jerry Ryan, Ivana Milicevic and Melissa George as Catch's stewardess booty calls, Gwendolyn, Yvette and Elkie. Down With Love was written by Eve Arlert and Dennis Drake. Eve Arlert and Dennis Drake were both also writers on Legally Blonde 2 uh, and it seems like neither have written anything since 2003. 
Down With Love was directed by Peyton Reed, who just before this did the iconic Bring It On, and then after this did The Breakup, Yes Man, and the two Ant-Man films for Marvel Studios. He has also recently teased involvement with the next season of The Mandalorian. I can't really talk about Down With Love um, before talking and starting with the movies that inspired it, uh, namely the popular collaborations of Doris Day and Rock Hudson, that mixed battles of the sexes with glamour, sexual innuendo, double entendres, and with a healthy dash of will-they-won't-they they romance. Um, but mainly, I want to talk about 1959's Pillow Talk, um, because I did actually rent Pillow Talk, um, and I did that because I wanted a point of comparison, um, because Down With Love mostly references Pillow Talk. And I really enjoyed Pillow Talk, actually, uh, despite it being a little bit outdated. I mean, bearing in mind, this is a film that's 60 years old, um, and especially in its references towards unwanted sexual attention. I have to say that Doris Day is a complete delight. Um, she lights up the screen every time she's on. She is really terrific. And in many ways, she is uneclipsable. Um, I don't even know if uneclipsable is a word, but I'm going to use it because Doris Day is genuinely something else. Um, and I haven't seen very many Doris Day movies, I'll be completely honest, but I was really, really taken with her in Pillow Talk. Um, Pillow Talk also gave Rock Hudson a boost to his career after the failure of A Farewell to Arms earlier the same year, and it repositioned him as a romantic lead. And it also repositioned Doris Day from a girl next door to a sex icon. She was clothed in Jean-Louis and she was loaned half a million dollars worth of jewellery for the role. Uh, Rock Hudson and Doris Day would go on to star together in Love a Come Back in 1961 and Send Me No Flowers in 1964. And they became the epitome of the Hollywood power couple. Uh, and that was despite never being romantically involved with each other. Uh, they had a very close friendship uh, and that friendship would continue to his death uh, from AIDS in 1985. He was just 59 years old when he died. Doris Day would live to be 97. Uh, she passed away last year in 2019. And their bond was pretty unbreakable to the very end. Um, I would highly recommend, if you love Down With Love, uh, and you must because you're here, uh, I would highly recommend Pillow Talk. Um, I guarantee you will find it charming you will find it quite irresistible. You will love Doris Day. Um, and you will clearly see the comparisons that they were trying to make between Pillow Talk and Down With Love. And you will also see what a genuine uh, homage to Pillow Talk, Down With Love actually is. Down With Love, it could very well be seen as an homage to those kind of no-sex comedies uh, of the late 50s and early 60s that made Doris Day and Rock Hudson sex symbols. But it could also be seen as a pastiche too, in that it takes the tropes and effectively flips those conventions while also being insanely respectful of the material that it's taking those tropes from. Uh, so writers Eve Arlert and Dennis Drake, they wrote a script, it was called Down With Love, obviously, uh, and that caught the eyes of producers Bruce Cohen and Dan Jinks, who had just won a Best Picture Academy Award for American Beauty. You'll remember that film came out in 1999. Uh, they thought the script was funny and sweet and they recalled the collaborations between Doris Day and Rock Hudson and realised this could be an effective celebration of what made those movies so special while also updating them for a modern audience. 
Um, and they decided that they really wanted to keep a 1960s setting for this movie. The gender politics of the 1960s, where women were starting to experience a sexual and workplace revolution, uh, women were not on an equal footing, and arguably women are still not on an equal footing, but it was becoming more commonplace for women to have jobs, uh, birth control in the form of the contraceptive pill was becoming widely available, and in 1963 a book called The Feminine Mystique was published. Um, Betty Friedan, who is widely credited with starting the 60s second wave feminism in the US, uh, she wrote The Feminine Mystique, uh, it detailed the unhappiness of wives and mothers in the post-war 50s and 60s and that fulfilment for them only came from being wives and mothers and nothing else. Uh, unfortunately that implication also offended those women who were happy just being a wife and a mother. Nevertheless The Feminine Mystique was a huge hit and it ended up selling over 1 million copies in 1964 alone. Eve Arlett and Dennis Drake wanted Down With Love to be more than a copy of the day Hudson movies but with a social commentary on sex gender and power set within and emulating uh, the 1960s. It was 2000s, bring it on, which I've already mentioned. Uh, it's a movie about spirit fingers with a little bit of high school cheerleading. Uh, it was directed by Peyton Reed uh, and that is what got the producer's attention uh, and they immediately offered Down With Love to Peyton Reed. Uh, Peyton Reed loved the script, he thought it was aggressively comedic, he thought it was smartly written uh, and he thought it was rich with a very great sort of verbal humour, but also lots of physical comedy as well. And he immediately wanted to cast two people who could emulate the very easy relationship that Doris Day and Rock Hudson had. Um, Doris Day, in her day, so to speak, uh, was an enormous movie star, but she was also known to be hilariously funny. She was charming. Obviously, she was incredibly beautiful, but she was also known to be very down to earth. Um, and they all felt that the modern equivalent to Doris Day was Renee Zellweger. Uh, she, at the time, was riding off a wave from a starring role in Chicago the year before. Um, and they felt that she was the one who could clearly embody the girl next door slash sex symbol uh, that they wanted. And while Doris Day's character, Jan Morrow, in Pillow Talk is a successful interior decorator running her own business, which again is something that you didn't really see uh, at the time, Down With Love's Barbara Novak takes that one step further, making Barbara an ardent feminist, uh, writing a book, telling women to tackle relationships like men, and most importantly, talking about sex, which is something that Pillow Talk and movies at the same time didn't really mention. Uh, sex was a taboo. It was something that you did, but you didn't talk about doing. It's more alluded to in Pillow Talk. Um, it's never really seen or spoken of. And that's something that Down With Love wanted to be different on. With Renee Zellweger in place, attention turned to Catch a Block, Ladies Man, Man's Man, Man About Town. Uh, and they needed someone with that incredible charisma who could easily portray both the edgy playboy Catch and the sweet, naive Zip Martin persona. And after seeing his performance in Moulin Rouge, Hugh McGregor, who was fresh off Star Wars Episode 2 Attack of the Clones at the time, nabbed the role. Obviously, Star Wars had risen his star, so to speak, tremendously uh, in recent years. And obviously, one of the main storylines in Pillow Talk is that Jan hates her party line cohort, Brad Allen. Uh, and I didn't actually know what a party line was until I saw Pillow Talk. Um, and it's basically just a telephone line that's shared by two different people. And Jan 
specifically hates the fact that Brad is getting calls from lots of women uh, on, on her telephone line. And so the main problem that she has is that she can't do the work because no one can get through on this particular party line. Um, but one of those storylines is the fact that she hates him so much, but she doesn't know what he looks like. Um, he finds out what she looks like, finds out that she's incredibly beautiful. And he then takes on this uh, persona of a shy Texan called Rex Stetson. Uh, and obviously in Down With Love, Catch a Block thinks that Barbara Novak doesn't know who he is and so he takes on this persona of Zip Martin. Unlike most productions, the producers and director seem to want and get their chosen actors um, because it doesn't look to me, and I've done a bit of research, it doesn't look to me like anyone else was in contention for the roles of Catcher or Barbara. So it seems very much like they got specifically who they wanted. Uh, rounding out the supporting cast was David Hyde Pierce in the Tony Randall role of the piece as the downtrodden male best friend character. Uh, David Hyde Pierce studied Tony Randall's performances and he wanted to pay homage to the role rather than emulate it. Again, if you watch Pillow Talk, you'll notice a lot of similarity between Tony Randall's Jonathan Forbes and David Hyde Pierce's Peter McManus, even down to them both being heirs to a small fortune. But I want to come back to Tony Randall a bit later because he is featured in this movie um, and I think he deserves to be shouted out specifically for that. Um, rounding out the cast is Sarah Paulson playing a role that didn't appear in the Doris Day Rock Hudson movies. And that is a best friend character uh, for the Doris Day character. Uh, because although in Pillow Talk, Doris Day does have a maid, uh, she doesn't actually really have a best friend. Uh, and Vicky Hiller was unique in that she had risen the ranks of a major and male-dominated publishing house in New York City to become a senior editor. That doesn't mean that the men there treat her any better than they do any other woman. Um, but honestly, Sarah Paulson is probably the biggest surprise of this movie um, because all the cast, I think, are really great. But Sarah Paulson is especially impressive. Uh, and her chemistry with David Hyde Pierce is really, really great. Um, in that respect, the leads are often threatened to be outshone by the two supporting roles. The thing I love most about Down With Love is nothing to do with it being a romantic comedy, really, because as a rule, I'm not keen on them. I think most are contrived with unrealistic expectations of love. And maybe, maybe I really am a Down With Love girl. Hmm, who knows? But I seem to like romantic comedies with a twist, whether more of a genre mix or setting a different era. See also The Wedding Singer, uh, which is another one that I absolutely adore, but I'm holding off covering The Wedding Singer. Um, I don't know why, but I am. <laughs> I might leave The Wedding Singer for another big episode, I don't know. Um, Down With Love is not only set in the 60s, though, it's made as if it were filmed in the 60s. And that's from the retro opening titles to the sets, costumes, cinematography, music, makeup, hair. It all maintains that cohesive 60s tone. So you never feel like you leave the decade. It's a very stylized depiction of the era, but then the performances are also particularly stylized too. It's a classic screwball comedy with a romantic twist, but the script never shows or does anything with its characters that a 1960s movie wouldn't. Um, interestingly, uh, it's worth mentioning that 
They built 55 sets uh, for the movie on four sound stages. I'm going to talk about the uh, the sets and the furnishings in a little bit, but there were a lot of sets. There was a lot of everything on this movie. Um, it even goes as far as using green screens to replicate 1960s rear projection for car journeys, uh, which is impressive, actually, because in an era of technology, try, always trying to one-up the next production, you know, always trying to have more CGI, always trying to have bigger and better and all of that sort of stuff. The fact that they went so decidedly retro to me makes this movie stand above and beyond all the other blah romantic comedies that are the staples of of the genre uh, to me this is exponentially more interesting than they are uh it is romantic uh it is a comedy but it's also so much more than that uh it does nod to the sexism of the 60s but it also doesn't wallow in it too much uh, because men did think women weren't cut out for the workplace and sadly a few still do but rather than have the characters of Barbara and Vicky constantly belittled by an all-male board it actually has them create their own workplace and be in control of their own destinies and that is quite revolutionary I think uh, not just for a romantic comedy where it's expected that the man will change the life of the woman but for a romantic comedy set in the 60s as well. As I mentioned, with the sets, it takes the wonderfully kind of vintage, and I say vintage, they're looking at the 60s, but it's not really vintage when it's in the 60s, I guess, but there's very kind of 60s aesthetics into the furnishings for the apartments um, with obviously spectacular views, which were all digitally painted backdrops. Uh, and production designer Andrew Laws relished the opportunity to work with mid-century modern architecture uh, to create a very kind of whimsical fantasy world uncompromised by any sort of reality or logic. Uh, Barbara's apartment was purposely very light and classy. It had views of a fake Empire State Building, the Statue of Liberty and the Chrysler Building, whereas Catch's apartment was a lot more dark. Uh, it was more of a state-of-the-art bachelor pad with every possible woman-snaring gadget. Although, thankfully, no switch to lock the door, unlike Rock Hudson's apartment in Pillow Talk, because having a light switch that effectively locks your door, that does not age well. There's a lot in Pillow Talk that doesn't age particularly well, but especially that. Um, they also, uh, Peyton Reed admitted... They actually did a lot of searches for vintage props on eBay, which actually turned out to be a bit of a goldmine for them. Director of photography, Jeff Cronenworth, uh, didn't want to hide the fact that the sets were sets. They were never looking for a realistic setting for Down With Love. It's obvious that the backdrops are painted. He wanted to saturate the colours to emulate a technical presentation with, you know, these very vivid neon colourings. The only modern thing he insisted on was contemporary camera framing and the change to anamorphic or widescreen aspect ratio for these split-screen telephone exchanges as well as the split-screen sexual innuendo, which never gets old ever it's always funny it's always brilliant i know that it's something that austin powers also covered a bit more famously um the down with love but i much prefer down with loves because it's a little less smutty it's a bit more funny whereas austin powers kind of leans a bit more on the smut 
all the costuming was custom tailored and designed for each star. Um, the production contained over 100 costume designs. They were all made with vintage fabric. Uh, they were created by costume designer Daniel Orlandi, where everything was colour-coded and complementary to each other. Um, so scenes where Barbara and Vicky enter a room are basically akin to a modelling catwalk where they just show off the fantastic thing that they're wearing. Each of their outfits complements each other. No one colour for Barbara is ever repeated throughout the film and her outfits get more elegant and complicated as the movie progresses and the character of Barbara becomes more confident. And Ewan McGregor, in a beautiful, handmade, Italian silk suit, holy moly, he's genuinely never looked better. Seriously, um... This is one of my favourite Ewan McGregor roles and he's just so gorgeous. He's honestly so good looking in this film. He's never been more good looking. Maybe maybe Moulin Rouge. Uh, He is similarly good looking in Moulin Rouge, but there's something about Catch a Block. um, And I don't know whether it's the bad boy aesthetic, um, but there is definitely something about Ewan McGregor playing Catch a Block, wearing these just brilliantly, exquisitely perfectly fitting designed retro 60s suits it's just there's oh there's something about it really Ooh. uh speaking of technicolor you'll notice that films of that era look different so nowadays we're obviously used to more muted more realistic sometimes often dark tones to a film um Every frame of this movie has the same super saturated 60s technicolor look. Uh, They use stock shots of the 1960s in the background. In its simplest form, technicolor was the way they used black and white print and they turned it into colour by superimposing three primary colours onto three black and white negatives to create that vivid, bright coloured look that's so reminiscent of the era. While set in the 60s, the conclusion of the movie is more of an anachronistic nod to feminism with both Barbara and Catcher getting what they want she realizes she is an icon to women across the world but also doesn't want to be a down with love girl anymore so the movie ends with her having it all uh, she gets the career she gets the success she becomes a feminist icon as well as getting a husband uh, back to Tony Randall because I did want to specifically call out Tony Randall because Tony Randall starred alongside Doris Day and Rock Hudson in Pillow Talk, Love a Comeback and Send Me No Flowers. He was, as I said, the best friend character who never got the girl. Um, And he makes a cameo in Down With Love as Theodore Banner, the owner of Banner Publishing, in a small nod to give the movie that link to the Doris Day, Rock Hudson movies, but also gives the project his blessing. Um, Tony Randall would pass away the following year, in 2004, at the age of 84, and Down With Love was the last movie he starred in, released while he was still alive. Um, Also cameoing, albeit in a pre-recorded form only, is the one and only Judy Garland, singing her song, which is called Down With Love, uh, which also happened in the Ed Sullivan show in real life, albeit in 1964, Rene Zellweger would coincidentally go on to portray Garland in the 2019 movie Judy and she would go and win a Best Actress Academy Award for that role. We can't really finish without talking about Barbara's epic monologue and the twist that she knew who Catcher Block was all along. She knew exactly what he tried to do and she was playing him at his own game. The monologue, which 
I am not going to repeat because Renee Zellweger does it so well. Lasts three minutes, two seconds. It is an unbroken shot. And it only took Renee Zellweger six takes to get right, which is incredibly impressive because obviously you've seen Down With Love because you're here. You know how long that monologue is. Uh, Music-wise, obviously, we've already mentioned Judy Garland with the song the movie is named for. But the end credits number was added at the behest of Ewan McGregor and Renee Zellweger as a last-minute addition. Uh, And that was because both had starred in massive musicals Moulin Rouge and Chicago, respectively. And both felt like it was the perfect opportunity to perform a musical number together. And this track, Here's to Love, was written by Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman, who also appear in the music video as the bartender and pianist, respectively. Uh, Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman were also responsible for hit 60s Broadway musical Hairspray, which is brilliant, by the way. Uh, And obviously, it has a glorious 60s soundtrack, including Fly Me to the Moon by the legendary Frank Sinatra. Right, time for something I like to do called the obligatory Keanu reference where I try to link the movie that I'm talking about with Keanu Reeves. Sometimes it's really easy, sometimes it's really hard. This was quite hard, only because I know Keanu's no stranger to rom-coms. Something's Gotta Give obviously came out the same year as Down With Love. Um, And that is a movie where Diane Keaton turned him down. Turned him down! Why would you do that? Um... But Keanu also starred in a little-known courtroom drama with Renee Zellweger in 2016 called The Whole Truth. Um, So, I don't know, I guess you could use either of those. It's a bit rubbish, really, I know. Um, But I did say this one would be quite tough. Next week might be a bit easier, though. I thought of two obligatory Keanu references. Keanu's 2013 rom-com, Something's Gotta Give, and a link to him co-starring with Renee Zellweger in 2016 courtroom drama The Whole Truth. And then it hit me. Neither of those were suitable. This isn't just a rom-com reference or a co-starring reference. This has to show Keanu on top. Keanu swinging his best. Keanu out in full force. And here, in the editing suite, because I'm editing the episode right now, uh, I realised I needed to go back and record a proper obligatory Keanu reference. One which shows Keanu Reeves, ladies' man, man's man, man about town, his power on full display. Down on my knees, worshipping at the altar of Keanu, unlike any other obligatory Keanu reference that came before it. Can I get another sexual innuendo in? I don't know, Keanu, can you get it in? (laughs) But the obligatory Keanu reference is simple. Uh, I mention in a bit about the box office, and quite frankly, Keanu as Neo in The Matrix Reloaded was pounding ahead on top of Down With Love. He didn't even need to reload. He was dominant, a dominatrix, you might say. And that's the real obligatory Keanu reference of this episode. And now back to your feature presentation. So when Down With Love was released in 2003, It wasn't just set in a period outside its time. It was also kind of released outside its time as well. Had it just waited a few more years, the wave of Mad Men would have brought that 60s fever. It desperately needed to be a bit more well-received. 
Um, and in 2003, it was eclipsed by other more modern rom-coms of the time, including How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Two Weeks Notice, Something's Got to Give, as I said, Made in Manhattan came out that year, Love Actually came out that year, and also My Big Fat Greek Wedding, all of which nowadays seem to be more well-remembered, but I'd argue not necessarily more well-regarded, um, maybe apart from My Big Fat Greek Wedding, uh, which I'll admit is quite charming. Uh, financially, as I mentioned, it came out at the wrong time, um, and that was both in era and literally the week it came out in America, because when Down With Love was released, the same week as Daddy Daycare, it actually debuted at number 53 in the US box office, and that was mainly because it was only released initially in that first week in one theatre only, and that was in New York. The previous week, X-Men 2 had been released, uh, and obviously was a huge success. In Down With Love's second week, it went wide in the US and it went up to number four in the box office. But unfortunately, that week was the week of The Matrix Reloaded. At this point, even Daddy Daycare was doing better. Uh, Daddy Daycare was at number two uh, after The Matrix Reloaded at number one. Uh, but to be honest, The Matrix Reloaded obliterated any and all competition that week. It made a ridiculous amount of money, as you would expect. Uh, Down With Love only ended up making $7 million in that second week of release. Um, it would go on to make $39.5 million against a production budget of $35 million. So, a bit of a flop. Saying this, though, when I announced I was covering Down With Love, I got a way more positive response than I originally thought I would. It's very clear to me that people love this movie. Critics were middling, but most really appreciated its heart and wit. Even Roger Ebert, who's known for his often scathing reviews, praised it as having fun parts, and he also highlighted Renee Zellweger's final monologue. While the movie didn't have a sequel, Renee Zellweger and Ewan McGregor would go on to star together in Miss Potter a few years later, which is obviously the story of Beatrix Potter. Talking of what people think... Every time I do an episode, I always put a little bit of call out on social media. And um, what I'm doing at the moment is I do an initial uh, sort of tease about the next movie. And then I follow that up a day later with a request for comments and thoughts. Um, and basically the announcement post that I put on social media got so many comments and so many likes. It kind of really bolstered me in the fact that doing Down With Love was a really good idea. When it came to actually getting comments and, and actual thoughts on the comments post that I put out, there wasn't as many. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm still going to highlight the people who commented because I'm always grateful for comments. But I also want to highlight the other comments as well, uh, whilst also not necessarily kind of highlighting them by name. Right, so Twitter, uh, Andy at Geek Salad Radio said you only get one shot at playing tribute to this very specific genre of film and down with love knocks it out of the park i love the visual aesthetic so much i tried to implement as much as i could when i directed the pajama game we need to know more about the pajama game by the way please tell me more about that at trivia underscore chic said i grew up on classic 60s rom-coms with their weird mix of innocence and yet secretly suggestive double entendres they're so specific to that era in history and to see a modern day take on that was cool 
Gotta add, when Ewan McGregor starts to sing, the movie gets even better. And Nikki, I would obviously completely agree with you on that. At Oral underscore MFC said, Beyond Ewan's charm, which is turned to 11, and Renee never looking better, can we talk about David Hyde Pierce and Sarah Paulson? Their B-plot is A+. I think this was the movie that made me start paying attention to Paulson's career, and Pierce is a nervous delight throughout. And again, I completely agree with that. I think David Hyde Pierce and Sarah Paulson really are brilliant in this movie. Over on Instagram, at Movies at the Mat, said, I adore this movie. It turns the rom-com genre upside down, but also embraces so much of it. It gives us some of the best performances, not only from the leads, but the supporting cast as well. Renee Zellweger's one-take monologue at the end is one of my most favourite scenes in any movie, and Catcher's face when she's done is exactly how mine looked at the time. Uh, didn't get any comments over on Facebook, um, but as I said, loads of comments on the announcement. So there were 10 people on Twitter who commented, two on Instagram and three on Facebook. Um, so clearly a lot of love for it, but obviously people who would rather not be included on the episode for whatever reason. Um, but thank you to everyone for their comments and thanks to commenters on the announcement for being so excited and for sharing their love for Down With Love. Because sometimes when you think about putting an episode out, you might kind of worry that maybe people wouldn't be into it. Maybe it's not the right time to talk about it. And as I said, Down With Love was something that got bumped down the schedule so much. I kind of feel like it deserved its dues to be talked about. But I was a little bit worried. Maybe people wouldn't remember Down With Love. Maybe it was just me who liked Down With Love. So the fact that so many people have expressed such a a love for it is is brilliant to me as as a movie podcaster that is literally all I want is to know that people love the same things that I love and that's mainly because to summarize I love Down With Love it's everything that I like in a rom-com it's well thought out it treats its source material with so much love and respect it has two leads who are dedicated to the production Ewan McGregor is gorgeous uh, it's bright and colourful and affectionate and joyful. It's sad it got lost on release, but it's great that people remember it so fondly. And it seems to be popular now. It's not a by-the-numbers standard noughties rom-com, and it should be celebrated for that fact. It knows what it is, and it plays on that. It's simultaneously period and modern, and it's brilliant. Thank you for listening. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts on Down With Love. Next episode, so I'm going to be going from the 60s into the 70s for another underrated gem that also didn't do great at the box office. Um, and that is Shane Black's 2016 buddy cop comedy, The Nice Guys, starring Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. This is the first appearance on Verbal Diorama for Shane Black and Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. So I'm very excited to have all three of them. Um, they will probably appear again at some point in the future. Obviously, this is more of a black comedy, um, again, with an excellent soundtrack. And I hope you'll join me for The Nice Guys next week. Join me and The Nice Guys even next week. If you like this episode, I've also done episodes on... Right, this is the big 50 now. After this, I might start condensing them down a little bit. But this is, this is the big 50. Titan AE, Captain Marvel, Dread, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow, Pleasantville, The Cabin in the Woods, Speed, Aladdin 1992 and 2019, 
Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, X-Men Dark Phoenix, Charlie's Angels 2000, The Mummy 1999, The Matrix, John Carter, Willow, The Iron Giant, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, Logan, Edge of Tomorrow, Legally Blonde, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 4, Episode 10, Hush, Mystery Men, Passengers, Stardust, Constantine, Arthur Christmas, Akira, Kubo and the Two Strings, The Incredibles, The Lego Movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Howl's Moving Castle, My Neighbour Totoro, Spirited Away, Treasure Planet, Clueless, Hellboy 2004, Hellboy 2 The Golden Army, Bridesmaids, Tremors, Jesus, the, <laughs> the John Wick Trilogy, A League of Their Own, A Knight's Tale, Little Shop of Horrors 1986, Rogue One, Princess Mononoke, The Thing 1982, The Muppets and Toy Story. Wow. That is 50 episodes uh, and they can all be downloaded, all of those 50 episodes, wherever you get your podcasts from. You can follow me if you wish uh, at Verbal Diorama on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and Letterboxd. If you want to support the show financially, you are under no obligation whatsoever to do so. Um, but if you do, you can sign up at patreon.com slash Verbal Diorama. Uh, tiers start at $2 a month. You can get some perks. You can get access to the schedule. You can get early release episodes. Um, and as always, I'd like to say a massive thank you to the patrons of this podcast. Simon E, Sade, Hardy L, Claudia, Simon B, Laurel, Derek, Jason, Kristen, Kat, Andy and Mike. Thank you so much for continuing to support Verbal Diorama. Uh, you are all wonderful people. If you want to also get in touch with me on email, it's verbaldiorama at gmail.com. Um, you can also pop over to my website, verbaldiorama.com. I also have a column at Film Stories magazine. It is an independent British movie magazine. The latest issue has just been released. Um, please support it. Please go over and buy yourself a copy. Please get a subscription to it. You can go over to filmstories.co.uk slash magazine. Um, and again, I also do bits for Film Stories online as well. I recommend a fellow British movie podcast each week. Um, and I also update the BBC iPlayer list as well. And finally, here's to love. Barbara, I'd like to propose a toast To the topic I dig the most Can't let me dust off my loving cup Hey, bartender, fill her up Look how the neon starts to flicker Love's like a shot but works much quicker And you're a man who can't hold his liquor Cheers, cheers to love I'm an old-fashioned and you're the cherry I've got a thirst that's legendary And that's why I fired your secretary Cheers, cheers to a martini and you're the shaker and maybe i sure packed a punch hey! you make dean martin look like a quaker but now it's only you for dinner breakfast and lunch i hear the march that's calling for us we'll walk down the aisle to an angel's chorus i'll be your rock if you'll be my doris Sweet heavens above Why is the waiter smiling at us? He knows what we're thinking of Oh, can the cheers, cheers Baby, here's to love 
lips to wet my whistle. If that doesn't get you, maybe this old Cupid just launched a guided missile. Cheers, cheers to love. Your eyes are so intoxicating. Bottoms up, babe, let's get to mating. I bet it bears reiterating. Cheers, cheers to love. Though it ain't New Year's, pop the champagne and let's take a spin on the floor. Hey, your moves are good. I'm feeling no pain. So let's pay the check and slip out the back door. We took Manhattan. mud in your eyes. Kid, looking at you, kid. Here, this will put hairs on your chest. <laughs> Not that I would want that. Mm -hmm. Here's to love. <laughs> <laughs>